1: Hello, everybody out there in the iTunes SoundCloud podcast stratosphere. Uh, Welcome to another episode of... Broadway Breakdown. I am one of your very gay hosts, Matt Koplik. Your other super gay host, John Miscavige, is not here. Uh, I have locked him in Stephen Sondheim's basement, and he's not allowed out until he begs for mercy. Instead, we have Mr. Brett Schuford. I'm a gay host, too. Yes, you are a gay host, but not on this podcast. Now, you're just a special guest today. Okay, okay. Uh, We're doing another episode of My Obsession. We'll get to exactly what Brett's Obsession is in a second but first why should we listen to brett well let me tell you brett has been on broadway many times brett's husband has been on broadway many times they have a website and instagram account called broadway husbands that everyone should follow it's life goals it's pinterest boards it's all the broadway all the shirtless pics and all just like the I don't know, like the gardens and the, and the beaches and the love and the dancing. It's just all beautiful. Oh, Check it out. Wow. And that's why you should listen to what Brett is obsessed with. Good. So, how are you doing today, Mr. Brett?
2: I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah, I'm yeah. really happy to be... I just got back to New York. Yes, you mentioned. Uh, you came back from where? Charleston, South Carolina. Yes.
1: I was about to say North, so I'm glad that I asked. <laughs>
2: Everyone gets confused. They think Charlotte... Mm. No. Or North Carolina, and it's neither. It's Charleston, South Carolina.
1: So you were in many a Disney show. Yes. Uh, your husband, Stephen Hanna. Hannah. Hannah Hanna. 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 Yes, dancer extraordinaire, who I just found out everyone, was in center stage. Yes. Which means you're married to a celebrity. <laughs> was yes. that like his icebreaker? How
2: did you two meet? We met through friends. Mm-hmm. He was dancing at City Ballet at the time, mm-hmm. and I was doing Beauty and the Beast, and... I threw a Christmas party, and my friend who danced there brought Stephen to the Christmas party, and we flirted and traded phone numbers and so old school. That was two thousand. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Two thousand six. Wow, that was
1: three presidents ago. <laughs> Way to go! You guys have lasted this long. We have. How long have you been
2: married? We've been married eight years. And where did you get married? Well, we got married in Greenwich, Connecticut, because it Ugh. wasn't legal in New York yet. Oh. And then two months later, they legalized there. it in New York. Yeah. So we sort of feel like they legalized it in New York because of us. I we, mean... We set the trend, basically. That's a
1: very positive way to look at it. I looked at it more as, like, a Plastics Heather situation, where they're like, oh, now that you're married, we're going to legalize it. <laughs> you went, you jumped through all these hoops, and now we're going to legalize it. Wow. Way to wow. go. New York is such a bitch. They really are. They're such a mega bitch. They can't just be a friend. That's a Heather's reference, everybody. Not the musical. The fucking movie. <laughs> Read a book. Um, who proposed to who? That's what I want to know. I propose all the things. I proposed
2: to Steven. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I invited the whole cast of Mermaid and the whole cast, or the whole company from City Valley, and we threw this big rooftop party at the Empire Hotel on the roof. And... And then I had planned this whole thing to propose to him in front of everybody, and it was very nerve-wracking.
1: I mean, you're a performer. I would assume that. Did you not know your lines or something? I actually had to write the speech. <laughs> I actually had to
2: look at the speech because I was so nervous.
1: Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So, what got him into Broadway? If he was just a dancer, dancer man. Billy Elliott. They cast him in Billy. Was he the ballet older Billy? He was the original Billy. Yeah, okay. The original cast. Did he have to do ensemble stuff too, or was he? Like... Yeah. Oh, okay. He so did.
2: He... he had to do all the workers. Had stuff. he ever like sung before? I mean when he was a kid, he did like Pittsburgh CLO as a like, you know he was like Mine. As we all did. Yeah. <laughs> as
1: a child. <laughs> That's where we all just get our, you know, our our basic work done. Um, but then he just like Well, I guess, I mean, I guess American Paris is also very ballet, ballet, and on the town as well, so, like, he does a lot of ballet. Yeah, and, like, Chris
2: Wieldon, who did American in Paris, was, like, Mm. at our proposal at at the engagement, like, he knew him from City Ballet. Very nice. So it's a very small little ballet world that he's from, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, Broadway's a very small little community, too.
1: It is a very small community. Mm -hmm. You can't throw a rock without, you know hitting a tony winner it's just it's just terrible where's
2: my tony okay
1: i ask that every day of myself i wish they gave tonys for opinions because i would have nine
0: billy i beg to differ with you how do you mean you're the top yeah you're an arrow collar billy. you're the top
1: Anyway, let's get into the to the nitty-gritty, because we're going to go off topic anyway. Yeah. That's the like whole MO with this podcast. Yeah. That's what people love. That's what they come for. Uh, what is Brett Schuford's obsession? I'm obsessed
2: with Disney. And even after working for Disney, I'm obsessed with Disney.
1: Even after you've seen How the Sausage Gets Made, yeah. you're still obsessed with Disney. That
2: is and optimism at its prime. Most people who know me know that that's true. But I thought it would be an interesting topic, because because I don't think it's addressed... I don't think people really talk about it because it feels like Disney on Broadway is like this separate thing from other Broadway shows. Sure,
1: and also Disney Disney Broadway sometimes feels separated from like Disney Animation and like the theme parks. It yep. feels like its own little entity, right? Um, which I get. Uh, so in that case, let's go back. Brett is a child. He's the gay little baby. Mm-hmm. What was Brett's intro to Disney? The, oh, well, Cable was new when I was a kid. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yes. That's Brett, how old I am. Brett is
1: not too young in way.
2: And I, the Disney Channel, and every morning, <clears throat> every morning they would do this thing called Dumbo Circus. Do you ever see this? I don't think I did. And they would do a thing called Just You and Me Kid, and then they would do Mickey's mouse Yeah. Have you ever seen Mickey's Mousercise? I have not. <gasps> that sounds
1: amazing. You need to YouTube this shit. I will. Abs- I, I was a Disney Channel fiend as a child, and like all throughout the day, because I was sick a lot as a kid, uh, and back in the day when Disney Channel was great, yes. at, late at night, they would show a lot of their older stuff. Yes. And that's what I loved. That's when it was good. Yeah. And they would w- show
2: clips from Fantasia,
1: and they would yeah. show clips from like... Like the, old animated films, yeah, and, or like their old like shorts that they would do before the movies, and then they had like Mickey Mouse Club and Herbie the Love. Bug. And so, and then
2: I would watch the Mickey Mouse Club every day after school. Hmm. Which, when the new Mickey Mouse Club came on, that was that was I was their prime demographic. All that
1: with Miss Britney
2: Spears and well, she now. came later. Oh, know, did she? Yeah, she came later in like the second or third season or whatever. <laughs> but. Gross. Doesn't matter. I, I watched it. I mean, she wasn't an OG, but like Carrie Russell and yes, like, yes, Carrie Russell. You know, I mean, I was obsessed, and I would write them every week, <laughs> and I would send letters to the Mickey Mouse Club. I just, it's what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I remember they called once. Now I lived. I grew up in a shithole in Texas, and and they called once, and they were like, "Hey, if a Mickey Mouse Club member came and visited you, what would you do?" I lost i was nine no 12 i was 12 very very different um there's your gay age and there's your real age yeah i was 12 um (laughs) but i looked nine and i I moisturized every day so i looked nine years old i was like they were like hi this is the mickey mouse club what would you do if a mickey mouse club member came to visit you and i was like oh my god Oh my god! I do the play practice, and then they come to dance school with me, and then they go to, they come to my voice lesson, and then we, like then we go like the to the part park, and then, like, and then like and they were just like uh huh, thanks so much, and hung up. I never heard from them again. Were they looking for a sexier answer or like a more American answer? I think they might have wanted something sexier. like yeah. we're gonna go to like this cool place, yeah. but I didn't live anywhere near anything cool. No. So well, it made it impossible for me to give an actually good answer. I mean, also,
1: Lord knows we all love them. Looking back, like,
2: Mickey Mouse Club was
1: not, like... <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club was. were, like, the cool kids when it first came out in the 50s. But, like, in the 90s, they tried to make it cool. And the early 90s was in, was the time when, like dancing and singing was not the cool thing to do anymore Mm, Um, like fame was sort of the last burst of glory Mm. that singing and dancing kids had for a while then Glee came on and all of a sudden it was like it's cool again
2: I remember like when the Lion King came out Mm -hmm. I was obsessed. Mm. I think I saw it, like, four times in theaters. And then I started collecting. And I became this, like, avid collector. And I think it was all to mask my sexuality, because I wasn't really out of the closet. But I think it was, like, this is acceptable. Being gay is not, Mm. but collecting all the Happy Meal toys from Burger King from the Lion King movie, Mm. that's acceptable.
1: Well, so... I have a, not a theory. I guess like I have a thesis uh-huh. about how Disney Renaissance is really just, um, a, is is it's a rep, is a representation of LGBTQ youth.
2: Ooh. Because
1: so everyone talks about how like what made Little Mermaid so different was that like Ariel was actually a character. She had a personality. She had a trajectory, and basically they took. The teen movies of the 80s and applied it to the Disney princess formula, mm-hmm. which made it seem so unique at the time. And like still is. They just copied it least endlessly since then. But yep. what they started doing with Mermaid that then became the formula for all the other movies was uh, it would be a movie about the other. The main character was always the other in society. Mm-hmm. So there was they would always establish like this is what the world is. It's an underwater kingdom where everyone loves being underwater. It's a provincial town where everyone likes being provincial. Yeah. It's, you know, ev- it's Arabian Nights where everyone likes being Arabian. The <laughs> Lion King where, like, everyone knows where they are in the food chain. And then you have Simba. You have Jasmine. You have Belle. You have they're Ariel. who's like, Where they're like, I feel different from everyone. I don't understand. And everyone's like, be more like everyone else. Yeah. And then that movie is them sort of realizing that they don't need to change. They just need to find their Happiness down their own, like, specific path, which they get, and then all this other stuff. Then, like, there's oh, all I love that, yeah. So, like, that's what I think a lot of gay kids really gravitate drawn to. It. Yeah, yeah, because that trajectory is our trajectory. It's the we grow up, and when we're little, not exactly knowing what it is about ourselves that makes us not feel like we belong, right? And then, as we grow up, and you have your little mini arc and your I want song, you find out what it is, and you get your like, when was topic. your I want
2: song? When was my I want song? Yeah, like, when do you think that came?
1: Um, well. I mean, if we're getting to the nitty gritty, Part of Your World was always my I Want song. Uh, my parents always say, you wouldn't believe it, but I didn't talk for a very long time as a kid. Apparently, I, like, didn't say words until I was four. Um, but I could sing Part of Your World. It was, like, that kind of thing. So, from a very early age, I wanted to be that... Tomorrow. Yeah? Tomorrow for you? Yeah. I mean, I eventually transitioned into other theater works as well. Sound in the Clowns. Oh, yeah. Ooh. The entire montage of chorus line, like Oh well that's so yeah. good. Oh yeah. I mean how can you not I was actually just listening to that <laughs> life is a life It's so
2: train. good. Have you ever learned the choreography?
1: I can't do the full choreography. I've oh, learned parts so of good. it, but I can't do all of it. It's so well um yeah, it is really good. It's like my one regret is that I didn't train seriously enough as a dancer just because there's so much choreography that I can pick up, like mentally, I just can't execute well. <laughs> so I hate that about myself. But Disney Yeah Um <laughs> That's why I think, like, as gay kids, I, I can only speak for myself and for you yeah. from what you
2: just told me. Yeah, I think
1: that's why we gravitate towards it. Yeah, because it is that it's that other, it's and then
2: that's it's, a beautiful theory. I think thank it's you. so true. I think that's so true, and it's interesting. I, I always thought because my I have an older brother who's autistic. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, we didn't know at the time. But I always thought I just was drawn to the underdog stories. Because mm. my brother and just that. But I think that that's exactly what it is. Like, you actually got me a little emotional thinking oh, about it. Oh, you're welcome.
1: To... Oh, I have a whole that's thing good. that's Mermaid-specific about how it is the most LGBTQ of the of the canon. Oh, we'll get to mermaid. We, oh, yeah, well, well, mermaid. You were in it. Um, <laughs> so we'll use that as a moment to transition to Disney Broadway. So Disney so, movies.
2: So I was obsessed with The Lion King. I had this huge collection of The Lion King. Beauty and the Beast, the musical, came out, and they did it in Houston, which is the closest major city where I grew Mm -hmm. up. Didn't see it. Could have cared less. Like, Beauty and the Beast was not it for me. When The Lion King came out, I was obsessed. I had, like I said, I had a whole bookshelf full of collectibles. I had t-shirts. Like, my birthday cake was a Mm -hmm. Lion King cake. I was 16. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's It's not like I was 10, you know? And, like, I was obsessed. And so my senior year of high school or like going into my freshman year of college they're like we're doing the lion king on broadway the internet existed at this point mm-hmm. and so i said to my mom i'm going to new york and i'm gonna go see the lion king and because they were redoing the amsterdam the new mm-hmm. amsterdam so i was like i got to see the theater i got to see the show it's my favorite movie so i my mom's like how are you gonna get there i was like i don't know and i got online and i bought my ticket to the show Mm -hmm. before I ever bought my plane ticket. I was like, I got my ticket to the show. I'll save a little more money and then I'll buy my plane ticket. And I went and I stayed at a friend's and I saw the original company and I sat in the front row. Fuck me. (laughs) And I knew all the African chants and I was singing along and everyone's like, who's the white kid in the front singing the African chants? Who's the white kid who's not singing Penguins in Pajamas?
1: Like, (laughs) How dare you not sing that? I, I remember, I saw Lion King with the original company, too. I was not a teenager, but I also wasn't in the front row. I was in, the, I remember being in the Mez, um, and there are very few images from it that I, like, I don't remember the entire thing, but there are certain images that are, like, burned in my brain. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, which was the first show I ever went backstage at. At the Palace, right? At, 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 the, at the Palace, oh, baby. Cool. I saw it with the original company. Wow. Um, apparently, so I always equate Beauty and the Beast on Broadway to when I realized that theater and movies were not real. Um, which at four is like, you no, know, that's a young age to know that. And apparently I didn't have a huge breakdown about it. What I remember is going backstage, like, I remember seeing Susan Egan out of costume and, like, the Beast costume. Like, for some reason, none of that registered. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And we go on stage and I see Belle's house. And I run in and there's nothing inside. It is all unpainted wood. And I think there's a stool for, like, Tom Bosley to sit on while he waits to come on stage. Mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting there going, Huh. Well, so But I, you tell me about what it was like to be in the show first. Well,
2: well so what, what, what's interesting about it is I, I saw Beauty and the Beast later on on Broadway at the Palace with Sarah Uriarte Barry as Belle. That's and, a good Belle to have. Um, uh, what's his name from in Town was The Beast. Uh, oh, uh, Jeff McCarthy. Jeff McCarthy. And, That's what I'm here um, for. And Mark Kudish was guest on. Ugh. And so, and sat in the front row. And with my mom, I was in high school. There was This was, like, what, 98, 99? Yeah. No, 90... This was 96 or okay. 95. Okay. and 95 Mark Kudish. And yeah, just, oh, yeah. Just break my just arm. Just dreamy. Just break and, my arm. You know, because Bye Bye Birdie, that TV show had just come out, too, where mm-hmm. he was Birdie, and I had watched that, and... Anyway, so... <laughs> um, so... And he <laughs> was engaged to Kristen Jenna at that, that yes, time. Yes, he was. Yes. Um, anyway, so... We go, you know, we see the show, Sarah Gary Berry, I thought it was beautiful, and then, you know, for a kid from Texas who's, like, lived in a shithole and just did community theater, and even though I went to college for school theater, I thought, I don't know if I'll ever make it on Broadway. Like, you mm-hmm. know, everyone always says, oh, it's so hard, you know, it's such a hard business, and, and so you're just like, oh, God, I had so much doubt. Yeah. And then I get my first Broadway show, which was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and it was the Sherman Brothers and I was already a huge Disney nerd so I remember like having this whole conversation with Richard Sherman about Walt and Mm -hmm. what it was like working with Walt and like we sat up in this somebody's penthouse at a party and I just held him hostage and then and then my second Broadway show Beauty and the Beast and I booked that show I had a trip planned to, to France like you do with ted sperling do you know who ted sperling is um of course okay so ted had invited me to come with him to go to france he was renting his chateau it was burying the lead that you're in like this kind of friendship with ted sperling me, okay michael arden um chase brock uh there was like this was such an interesting group of people who are now like all well
1: like, wait is ted sperling gay
2: Yes. Okay. He's married. He has two kids. I know nothing about his personal life. His husband is a... a, Noah Waxman makes amazing shoes for men. Anyway. I was going to say, like... I didn't want to assume, but I was gonna be like, "That's like, are you guys trying to be a gay mafia going to France?" Like, yeah,
1: man, our little, our little, our little cluster. Yeah, going we, to Europe. yeah,
2: and I've just been in every Ted's burling show ever since. Not, um, so <laughs> you're not bitter about it, though. It's fine, Ted. <laughs> no, it's fine, Ted. Um, no, I, Ted's awesome, and we we go to France. Like, I booked this trip to France because why not? And literally. I'm on my way to the airport. I had had this audition from Beauty and the Beast, and I'm on my way to the airport, and my agent's like, you booked it. You start rehearsal the day after you get back to France. So I was, like, going to a provincial town mm-hmm. in France for a week after booking a show about a provincial town in France. Did you write it off as, a as taxes, with... as research? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the That's the way to do it. That's what
1: makes
0: Broadway. So <laughs> <Broadway>. I <laughs> There must be more um
1: so Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, that's your first Disney Broadway show. Yeah. Then
2: you go on to do another Disney Broadway show. Yeah, then I then right from I left Beauty and the Beast to start rehearsals in Denver for a little mermaid.
1: Is it... Was it... Okay. I'm trying
2: to figure out how I want to word this question.
1: (laughs) For those of you that don't know, Beauty and the Beast moved to the Fontaine Theater, where it closed to make room for Little Mermaid. Yes, I mean, in hindsight, Beauty and the Beast, like, was not doing SRO business anymore, but, like, the story...
2: It was doing well.
1: It was doing well, but the story that people like to say is that Disney shut it down for Mermaid. They wanted new blood, and they wanted...
2: New things, and they were going to have two princesses on Broadway. Yeah, they weren't going like to do that. Yeah. yeah,
1: did it feel for you hmm. like you had just left your wife for a younger model? <laughs> did you feel like I just left my wife of twenty years to run off with my secretary with her tight virgin? Yes, no, I oh, and then go back to your marriage bed with your new <laughs> wife. Is that what it felt like? Because <laughs> that's what I
2: imagine. I was so proud of myself, you know, I was like oh well i'm I'm gonna be in this new thing, and of course, little mermaid, you're like, you're thinking, little mermaid's gonna be the next speed of the Beast. yeah, like, I'll be in this show for fifteen years mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then- and then not, yeah, um it was hard it was definitely like. I loved Beauty and the Beast. And of all the shows I've done, I could have done that show for years. And I understand why people did it for years. It was just so fun. Yeah. And it was a good company. Like, the people were just... It was like a family of people. Mm -hmm. And everyone in that show, ensemble-wise, is engaged in the storytelling. Mm -hmm. You're all contributing to the story, which I can't say was true for Mermaid. like where I felt like sometimes we were just moving mannequins. Like, just showing off these costumes and not actually, like contributing yeah to the story
1: yeah so and
2: that was the challenge
1: speaking of disney broadway so we were talking earlier how Beauty and the beast they were like we're literally putting the movie on stage you like nothing for artistic interpretation like we don't <laughs> want audiences to have any kind of uh you know don't make it, them think no don't make them think like no. let them let them give them what they know yeah then little old julie Taymor comes in and she's like but what if like the lions aren't literal what if they're made of wood and then they're on your head and Disney's like what she's like give me a minute and like puts in like operatic design and staging into a Broadway show and makes it work and all of a sudden Disney shits themselves and they go oh I think this is how we should do our musicals now because I believe Was Tarzan the year before or the year after? It was the year before. before. Yeah. That was a
2: big fail. It was a big fail. Um, But they had also done, you skipped it. Aida. Aida.
1: Yes. But so, I will at least give Aida credit, design-wise, that Bob Crowley, when he's not the director... Knows how to to design a musical, so it gives you something you aren't expecting, but something you're, you know how it works, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Like I mean, I
2: saw Aida, like, nine times. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, that like, he's really good at forced perspective, yeah. he's got a beautiful eye for color. Yeah. Um, like, Aida was visually very beautiful it was to, look at, to look yeah. at, gorgeous yeah. Um, and there are some songs I enjoy, but having been in it after, like, my The orchestrations
2: youth, are great. They are,
1: and, and Sherry Renee Scott was my intro to live high belting, mm-hmm. um,
2: I never... That's a good intro. It
1: was. Like, I had seen other shows before, and I, for some reason, I did not, like, register Eponine and Les Mis when I was five. I don't know why that is. But I remember distinctly at nine years old seeing Sherry Renee Scott belting her face off in Strongest Suit, and I was like, "Diva!" Yes. That was my first time seeing a live diva performance. Yes. For some reason, more so than Heather Headley. I don't know why. that is. You didn't see her in Renton's. No, I was... My parents wouldn't let me see Rent until oh. I was a few years older. Okay. But not because they thought it was inappropriate. They just didn't like it. And my they, parents didn't like it either. They saw, my parents saw the original company, and they were like,
0: no. Yeah.
1: So I think they wanted to wait till enough time had passed so they could go back with like fresh eyes and maybe Got not it. hate it so much. Got it. So Sherry was your first Sherry intro to Salt Yeah. So with Tarzan <laughs> yes. and Mermaid, they were like, well, we need to do avant-garde directors and designs yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And like, I get that. But... They're, they now have also backtracked to musical theater directors again, mm-hmm. who like know how to build a musical. Yeah. Um. So they're trying to find that middle ground, which yeah. I'm for, but also like, I don't know. Like you said, like Mermaid was such prime. Well, you didn't actually say that. So I'm interpreting it. Mermaid was such prime property for an adaptation that I think that the expectation was so high, and for especially for the design element to mm-hmm. just like kind of kerplop like that it was very upsetting for me yeah i wanted it to be so good and i will say vocally that show was on fleek um thank you yeah <laughs> like i get credit yeah, for it. Of course, yeah of course you get credit for it <laughs> um i mean give my best to sierra that was we all i'm not i mean i'm a jody benson stand from here to the day i die but what she did was for the movies for cinema um, I guarantee that if Howard Ashman were directing the stage show, he would tell Sierra Bacchus to sing in the exact same way. Yeah. He also loved his high belters. Yeah. Um, so I just, well, yeah. High her, mixers. Yeah. Well, no, she belts a little bit in, in it. She mixes Sure up, 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 That was belted. Okay. No, don't you, no. I, she I. She some sensible, strong mix. No, she has some great mix On the reprise? The reprise is absolutely a mix. Yes. I'm, don't come for me in my mixing acknowledgments. I know when I know when someone mixes. I know when someone I belts. I love
2: Sierra Marcus's voice. It's Absolutely. a beautiful
1: voice, and I know when she's mixing. But at the end of the first part of Your World, Shore Up Above is a hundred percent belted. Yes. Don't you
2: dare come for You're me right, on that. You're right, but it's
1: not as high as the reprise. No. Yes. Uh, but I'm aware of that. But okay. I why just, are I you just, yelling at because me? Because we need to clarify. Sure, everybody. I will play it back to back, and you will know. It's not as high as the reprise. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yes. Uh, and then, but it's also mixed, so whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Love to
0: that shore of Part of your life.
1: So now, that having been in Disney Broadway, yeah, and seen Disney Broadway, yeah, what is your takeaway of what makes it special, and what makes it a target?
0: Ugh.
2: What in makes seven it... words or less. Oh God, <laughs> makes it special. Yeah, because it's like it's a, as we were saying before, it's sort of like its own separate legacy. Yeah, I I think what makes it special is that it's it is. I think that Tom Schumacher has created a really cool family in that mm-hmm. in that in the Disney on Broadway thing that is sort of its own. Just like Broadway is its own family, he's kind of created this really cool family there. Um, I think that what's beautiful about Disney on Broadway is that they have, because they're owned by the studio, they have access to things that they are willing to try and mm-hmm. they're willing to experiment without and willing to take a risk. Only so much, you sure. know? But when you think about, like, doing... Like, they put the money into Hunchback and did that at Paper Mill. Would they bring it to Broadway? It would be nice if they did, but they didn't. No. Um, but it was a beautiful show, you know? The Freaky Friday, you know? Those were all things that came out of Disney on Broadway and whether or not they get to a point where the studio allowed the corporation itself allows them to produce it. I think they're doing really um, interesting things that are that help introduce young people to theater in a way that, um, you know, some shows just can't do. And, you know, what's frustrating for me as an artist is I wish that, that I think that there's better material out there that Disney's created. Like, why not? play with sleeping beauty or play with Cinderella or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, explore like to me, I think Pocahontas would be that score. Pocahontas is so good. Mm -hmm. You've got a woman of color who is a principal lead. And you've got topics about environmentalism and politics and... Prejudice. You know, and prejudice. And, you, like, fix the book and make it real, make it a- authentic to the story. Yeah. But, like, bring that to the stage. You know? Like, i that's my opinion. But I think that there's some beautiful material out there that Walt Disney, mm-hmm. you know, you could you could be passing on that kind of a legacy as opposed to just making money.
1: I do. And I get... I think that's
2: part of what what
1: it does make it a target. Yeah, it's 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 the same reason why it is beloved is also what kinda of makes it a target at the same time is that it is sort of the ultimate combination of art and commerce and then some shows the commerce is a little more prevalent than others. Uh I do wish that they would take a bit more risks because I just think like the back to back of Tarzan and Little Mermaid kind of just burned them on that. Yes. And so and then with Newsies and Aladdin, where it was more like traditional musical theater. Yes. It's like great properties that have a little bit more of a through line that are about human beings. Yes. Uh, and you know uh, get normal Broadway directors to
2: do it. Um, I don't know. I I don't. I, I I think I think Mermaid was, you know the I think they fixed whatever issues that the writers might have had in their tour and I'm directing it this summer actually in you have, Connecticut.
1: You'll have to give me your feedback. And on we the hired
2: Pete, by the way, two months ago we hired our Ariel and she's black. And I think it's so funny <laughs> that everyone online is flipping out about the movie and this black Ariel. And I'm like, we did it first, first off we cast yeah. her already, but second off, like who, like, why it is that a thing? I don't understand what's the thing. Also
1: like Disney was very much at the forefront of colorblind casting uh, for like years now so I don't know why people are just waking up to this but people uh, have a hashtag out now called not my Ariel people are fucking stupid and <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna see it anyway like Disney doesn't fucking care they're still gonna yeah, get their they're money gonna make it. I mean think I mean it's just one other thing of backlash and I'll be very honest I don't want this movie happening only because I do don't fucking care for these live remakes. i said it before. Yeah, I thought the I, Beauty and the Beast remake was complete trash. Me too.
2: And I don't want to see them desecrate my beloved Little Mermaid. I thought Aladdin was like forgettable. It's I don't even say It's it. so interesting that they're doing this. It was like if you're going to spend that kind of money, make something new. Yeah. Well, you, I can understand why they
1: want "quote unquote" safe bets, and you know these things will make money. You know what also makes money? New properties that have their own legacy that are good. Like think about whether you like Frozen or not and i do like it uh it's hard to say whether it's deserving of the billions of dollars it's made cuz like what is you know when thi- when things take on a point where they start making billions of dollars you have to ask yourself like what's actually worthy of like making that hmm. much money i you can nothing is impenetrable um trump yeah but he doesn't make that much money
2: uh,
1: <laughs> he honestly really doesn't uh it's the greatest uh uh, none such in all the land. Uh, <laughs> oh, all anyone right. none such. Big River? I read none such. River, Yeah. yeah. Um, but... um I'm sorry. Oh. Frozen is an original property that you... Just from a commerce perspective. The new soundtrack, The soundtracks that get purchased because it's new music. And the sheet music. And the toys. And the... The sequels. S- the sequels and the straight-to-videos <clears throat> and all that stuff. Like People love new people love nostalgia of course, but what people crave stuff that's new. And nostalgia will only last for a short period. Like, yes, Beauty and the Beast remake made a lot of money immediately.
2: Nobody watches it now. Like however, they've totally recreated the the show based on the movie for the cruise ship. Oh did they? Yeah. Oh fuck that. Which you can watch and it's all based on the film's design. Hashtag not my cruise And actually um Connor Gallagher directed and choreographed it, who choreographed Beetlejuice mm-hmm. who was in Beauty and the Beast with me on Broadway Six Degrees of Separation crazy separation. but then they're also talking now about bringing it back to the stage with that same sort of it uses puppets instead of costumes and
1: I'm not mad about a puppet <laughs> thing going on if they I know about the revival happening if they incorporate changes from the movie into it like adding ever more any of that shit I think I, they might no fuck that shit fuck it right up the giant asshole Thomas Schumacher I really hope you're listening to this because I'm letting you know right here right now fuck that idea fuck it hard and against its will um
2: well and I think sometimes he's his hands are tied when you've got Alan Menken involved and like he's he's got kind of I think Alan has a lot of say
1: yeah I don't
2: I've met Alan Menken once uh I have a
1: very close friend who's very close with him so I can't speak for his personality. <laughs> uh, I will say that I think that he just likes working. Yeah, uh, that's the that, the vibe I get is that he's someone who just really likes. He's sports. a hard worker. Yeah. yeah, and I think if he were told like we would actually like a different song instead of evermore, like could he you write a new song? It. He would just do it. I don't yeah. think he'd be like it must be evermore. Yeah, you're right. He also wrote that, and uh, if I can't love her, so it's like what difference does it make? He's well, it's got the same two thing. Watches. Like we had
2: this whole argument about like for um, this mermaid this summer. Yeah. Trying to put Good Times back in mm-hmm. and not using Daddy's Little Angel, which is the new personal oh, oh. song. Uh. Yeah. And so I even email- emailed them I was like, hey, I was in the original cast. Can I use Good Times back? And they were like, no. not at all. We think it tells the story better. Um, I was like, get yeah, yeah, me but on I, the phone, I can totally talk about it. But I wanted, a belt, like, I wanted really a belt. Like, really? I. Well, is it also, oh, is it like a much lower song then? It just doesn't have the showbiz that that song has. Yeah. It's not as, like, yeah, show busy. Yeah. I don't know. I have thoughts about all of it. Just I to do, too, and I, I, you know, I, I, anyway, I think that Disney could, I. it would be interesting to see Disney actually push, like, I thought they did it with Hunchback, mm-hmm. where they actually kind of allowed the audience to feel something real. Mm-hmm. And they allowed the audience to go into dark places. Mm-hmm. And, And it's like that song "Hellfire" is so freaking good, and Patrick Page was like amazing, and he's basically playing that role now, yeah, (laughs) pretty pretty much. Yeah, Um,
1: it's it is a bit of a lost opportunity that he's now now playing Hades and Hercules in the park, but. I mean, if that comes to Broadway, that's an opportunity, I and suppose. am dying to
2: hopefully hopefully get a ticket to see yeah, it. Like...
1: that. That one actually interests me, because <laughs> I think of all of the stuff they've done in the last 25 years, Hercules is actually the most stage-worthy. It's built like a stage play. Yeah. Um, the score is very theatrical. Yep. Um, I'm very into it. I actually think it is Mencken's... I think it's Mencken's best post-Ashman score. Um, I love the... You don't think Pocahontas? I like... I mean... I, I love Pocahontas and Hunchback. When I say Hercules is, my is, I think, the best of them all, that's not me shitting on Pocahontas and Hunchback. It's just a testament to how good I think the Hercules score yeah. is. Yeah. I think it's the most fun he's had since Ashman. I think... uh you think
2: David Zippel helps think him. Yeah. yeah, I
1: think David Zippel... I don't think David Zippel is as good as Ashman was because David Zippel is really good at puns and like wordsmith stuff, yeah. but I don't think he has the heart that Ashman was able to yeah. have. Um, I actually think the closest person we have now working who is similar to Howard Ashman is Lynn manuel Miranda. Someone who is a wordsmith can also write songs from the heart, it has the heart and yeah. has that encyclopedic knowledge and passion for Broadway and pop culture yeah. that Ashman did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I talk about, it, I talk about it all the time, so I'm sorry listeners, but smile is one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Unabashedly. Yeah. And I just, I have a soft spot in my heart for any lyricist who can rhyme wonderful with Jane Fondaful Um, <laughs> It's That's just, a lyric in that show. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a carry flop like lyric, but the number is an uh, aerobics fitness number that they're practicing in the pageant. So it's like meant to kind of be a little campy. Yeah. And the lyric is You'll feel absolutely wonderful when you decide it. You'll feel healthy and Jane Fondaful. I know I've tried That's it. That's funny. It's
2: really fucking funny. Wait, okay, so now they're on smile. Have you ever seen D23? You know what D23 is? Uh, of the course. Disney Fan Club. Yeah. They, their thing, like, I don't know, maybe five years ago, mm-hmm. they did a, like, princess induction ceremony where they had, like, they had them all say. Mm-hmm. and they had Leia Salonga come. And, and Peach they... O'Hara was, was there as well. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen this. Have you seen, like, Peach O'Hara? Yeah. So Leia sounds like. Amazing! It's a lower key. Yes, but life. she sounds amazing. It does sound like not a day has gone by. And and Jody comes out and sounds fantastic.
1: I gotta give her props. Like she sounds great. And maybe it's Jesus because she loves Jesus and thanks him for everything. But like she still got it. She's still got the bangs. And too. Rose is there, and she sounds phenomenal. Oh, I love it. Paige is the only one where the. But gift we didn't talk about
2: Jody's bangs. Her Jesus still let her keep her bangs too. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But
0: Paige. <laughs> but Paige. she also
1: dresses still like she's in a pageant Yeah, she does these I mean, she looks beautiful she's kept it together but, like,
2: but it's still the same yeah
1: it's, it's a it's a beautiful dress but it's like very clearly like rhinestones
2: yeah on she's got her like now. this is my it's very when Texas I sing pageant. part of your world this is what I wear yes
1: it's my Texas pageantry <laughs>
2: yes Alyssa. <Smile. laughs> Aly- Alyssa Edwards is so proud <laughs> but what the hell happened to Paige I don't know and she
1: was a former druid, so, like, she could belt high. I don't know what happened. She, it was The gift is gone.
2: It was rough. And that is online. It that is, is online. on the internet for feel, life.
1: It is. I feel bad.
2: I but, do, too. But you know
1: what? We do. We have audio of her at her best That's with true. that role. That's so true. So th- no matter what, there's always that. Yeah. Because, like, on her her control and her placement as Belle is phenomenal. Yes. Um, Do you know, fun fact... They actually Disney actually wanted Jodie Benson to sing for Belle. Really? They they were like, let's just get, they were gonna like make Jodie Benson their girl.
2: Can I tell you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: And they were, they were like, we're gonna like she's gonna be like our Disney princess from now wow. on. And then I think Howard Ashman was like, no, Jodie's great, but we need someone with a more European sound. And he's like, Jodie's very American.
2: That's true. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Um, God, he's so smart. He was he, so he was fucking brilliant. Um. I'm, can you imagine what Broadway would be like if he'd still been around? If if we what still had if we said if been. we
1: still had Howard Ashman and Michael Bennett, Broadway would be, I think, and I mean, Broadway's in very good shape, but we would have so many other great
2: musicals. Yeah, or
1: maybe they would have crashed and burned. I
2: don't know. Um, well, let me tell you a
1: quick story. So, yes,
2: Jody Benson story. I'm assuming. No, actually, it's, it has no, it's not Jody Benson at all. Then I don't want to hear it. So my best friend Scott Barnhart. Do you know who that is? That name sounds familiar. He was in the original Book of Mormon cast. Okay. <clears throat> He actually did that big river revival, none such. Um, but he—he he is my best friend. We went to college together, and he decided after four years of Book of Mormon, you know what? I'm going to go to graduate school for playwriting. Went to UCLA, got his master's degree in playwriting, and is now the head of the musical theater program at Orange County School of the Arts in mm-hmm. California. And his first year, he he called me and he's like, "Hey, we're um, we're doing a tribute to Richard Sherman." Do you want to come, like, sing sing a couple of his songs for him? It'll be you and Susan Egan. <laughs> I was like, one of these things is not, not like the other. other. <laughs> but I was like, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, Susan Egan. Yeah. So I got to fly. That was a year ago, last October. I got to fly out to California and sing with Susan. And she was so sweet. And hang out with Richard Sherman and his wife. And it was one of the most magical moments like singing uh, Hush by Mountain for him and then I sing um, I want to be like you mm. and then uh, Susan and you know it's just it's an interesting thing when you when you do this for a while you yeah. just kind of things come full circle you know
1: you know what I just realized mm-hmm. now that you mentioned Susan Egan uh, then the Broadway stars that have done Broadway have done Disney Broadway is astounding when you think about it like all the amazing talent that you think of besides Brett Schuford, obviously um, <laughs> but like Susan Egan and I just remember like Chris Sieber was once mm-hmm. a guest on yeah. Beauty and the Beast Sarah you're right Mark I, Kudish I, uh, Mark Kudish. Uh, Carrie Butler was a Belle for a very yeah. long time that always blows my mind um, Andrea McArdle was a Belle for a I little bit I saw her
2: do it I also saw um, Black Belle oh the one where they um, added a change in Tony Braxton Tony Braxton I saw uh, her do it. It was unreal. Yeah. She literally, like, they lowered all the keys. Of course. Like, There's been a change in yeah. me. And oh. and oh. Right? And, and now every, Annalise... and everyone, then Ashley Brown does it, yeah. and then everyone well, has to Well, Annalise Vanderpool comes in, and she's like, can we go it up four octaves? It was Ashley Brown they did it for. Wasn't she? I thought she was the last bell. No? Annalise was the last bell. Annalise was the last bell. But Ashley Brown came in, and they raised the key and mm -hmm. made her belt at the end, and then everyone else had to do it. And Sarah Litzinger, Mm -hmm. who was the longest-running bell, who's still a very good friend of mine, um, she, if you've never heard her sing it, she was unbelievable. You can actually listen to her sing it. I'm sure. She was amazing. Anyway, so uh, I'm kind of getting... Tony Braxton. Tony Braxton comes out. She sings this new song that they wrote for her, Change Me. Then they get to the end of the show and she's in that beautiful yellow gown Mm -hmm. and they get married and stuff. And then everyone goes to do their curtain call and she comes out and she rips off the bottom of her gown and she's in this tight yellow mini. And that's what she bowed in. Oh my God. (laughs) That bitch. I'll never forget it. I was laughing my ass
1: off. Tony Braxton (laughs) would bring RuPaul's Drag Race to Disney Broadway (laughs) with reveals (laughs) <laughs> with solo songs. I it always blew my mind that uh, Beauty and the Beast added a song cuz that it was it was like 4 years into the run by that point. Like it was
2: it, it might have been even longer. Might have
1: been longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cuz a lot of shows don't do that. Like yeah. sometimes things will get cut over time, but like to add it was a big material, deal to yeah. get a uh, black bell yeah. and um I mean Disney's again, Disney has been a, I want to say they they aren't the first to do that. Um Carousel, obviously, was a very famous example of colorblind <laughs> casting. But honestly, Brandy Cinderella was the thing that made me, like, yep. understand artistic interpretation, because, like, I remember we all used to make jokes, like, thank your Garber, and Whippy Goldberg, don't make a Filipino baby. But then, like, once we kind of stopped making that joke, we're like, we get it, it's a fantasy. Um, and then Disney just kind of kept going with that, being like, yes, always remember it's a fantasy. Always remember it's a fantasy. Except, now they do all these meta-references that I fucking hate. Like what? All the time, like, they, they... Have to like call out, not plot holes, but like what internet calls plot holes in like their remakes. Sometimes um, in the new movies that they do, they always like have to call out the love at first sight thing, like marrying someone that you just met. Uh, the, uh, the remake of Beauty and the Beast, they kept on being like, "I'm talking to a candle," <laughs> and it's like, "Shut up!" Yes, it's stupid, but like you're in a you're in a magical kingdom.
2: You'd have to comment on it. Yeah, all the time. please
1: let us know how weird this is so we can find this realistic. It's a goddamn <laughs> movie musical. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> we're, ev- we're somehow like everyone knows to sing at the same time. But, but like God forbid you, you talk have to a, a teapot. Yeah, you're talking to a candle or a teapot. Like, oh my God, blow my mind. Sorry. I get very angry about that. <laughs> Billy, I beg to
0: differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. <laughs> you're the top. You're a Coolidge doll. What?
1: is a Disney property that you think really kind of uh, came to fruition as fully artistically as uh, it could. Like, met on stage. Po- on stage. Met its potential on stage. Well, it's, okay. Or most met its potential, I should say. On Broadway? Yes. Well, it has to be on Broadway? Or... Well, we're talking Disney Broadway, but if you saw a
2: different production but, of it, sure. I mean, because I thought The Hunchback, but it no, wasn't, no, that, it that, wasn't that, Broadway. No, that counts, though. Disney theatrical. What I liked about it, I mean, it needed some editing bookwise, but mm-hmm. I, what I liked about it is that they, exactly what I was saying about Pocahontas, they fixed the story. They mm-hmm. went back to the original story. All the new songs work beautifully with the show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's dark. It's scary. It's real. It's raw. I mean, if you could, if anyone saw Michael Arden's performance, was a Tony winning performance. Like, he was so freaking good. And I'm not just saying that because he's in the Mafia with me. <laughs> um, you know. And, They're not going to put a hit out, out on you. <laughs> uh, to me, that was as close to, like, real theater that I've seen a Disney on Broadway property be.
1: Sensible. I also do like that they
2: kept the gargoyles but repurposed them, actually, for a darker purpose. <laughs> I enjoyed that thoroughly. Because I didn't... I like I I've, I've done Mary Poppins and I, believe me, Mary Poppins is more fun to do than to watch. Yeah. Be, I, okay. But I played Bird and I and I and I, you know you don't really appreciate the book mm-hmm. of the show, which I think is actually quite good. It's a well done piece. I saw it
1: right before it closed in yeah. like a half empty theater. So yeah. there, I can't. The performers gave it their all, but yeah. like the audience wasn't into it. So yeah. it, I didn't. It wasn't like a magical performance. I don't think
2: they hired the right um, composers for for the new no. stuff so I do, I do like though
1: Practically perfect. yeah it's cute it's a cute song it's um, cute but
2: that's one of those shows where oh it's for kids yeah where it doesn't necessarily really have enough humor for the adults mm-hmm. I think I think some of the best Disney
1: movies even the ones that are technically like the most simplistic there's still moments that challenge the kids right. Um, I mean when you rewatch Snow White oh it's like, scary it is fucking scary but like in a phenomenal way, yeah. Um, and it's You know, Disney challenges his audiences. He's, yes, he was he would reward them like every moment that like has a very scary every movie that has a very scary moment is then followed by a really lovely moment. Mm-hmm. So it's always like a little bit of a reward of like you but went through the watch the darkness. Bambi yeah. like
2: it, Bambi is messed. Uh, Dumbo's messed up.
1: Dumbo. He, has, he has a whole, like, drunken dream fantasy sequence.
2: Or even even Pinocchio. I mean... Oh, Pinocchio's just... It's That whole trip. thing is LSD. It's good, yeah, it's a total LSD trip. Have you been on the ride at Disneyland for Pinocchio? Uh, have I been on the ride at Disneyland?
0: I
1: don't know. You're alive. I'm obsessed. You're obsessed. Sorry. I just went back to Disneyland uh, for the first time in a long it's time my recently. I prefer World only because... It's newer and it's bigger. Um, whatever. You left your old, Art and
0: commerce. You, blah, blah, blah.
1: No, Disney World and Disneyland, there's no art. It's all commerce. <laughs> Don't you fucking give me that. It's all commerce. I love everything about it, but it's commerce. <laughs> um, Disneyland, I give credit. You can do the whole thing in a day. Yeah. And you're not exhausted. Exactly, day and a half if you want to do a California Adventure as well, which yeah. you should because that the Mermaid Ride's there. It's cute, um, and then Pixar Pier now. And have, yeah, Pixar Pier is lovely. Uh, and like, it is the most kitschy nostalgia of the two. Right. Um, I like the
2: history of Disneyland. Yeah, because um, it's the only one the Walt actually stepped overste- foot on.
1: Yes, um, and I mean, it's smaller and everything. It's just. It's, I wouldn't say it's more detailed. It's just that it's it feels a little more intimate and like you're. in And I like the
2: mid century throwbacks that it gives. You know, yeah. like it feels. I like the smaller castle because it just feels like a simpler time. Sure. You know,
1: um, world. I don't know. Just, it's honestly just that they threw more money at it. They had more space, so like, yeah. it, it feel you just feel more engulfed in it. Um, and some I just I prefer some of the rides at Disney World. Disneyland does have the uh, Fantasyland in California is much better. Fantasyland is is much better. Also, well,
2: um, not new Fantasyland.
1: Uh, no, but like Fantasy Magic Kingdom fan, and Fantasyland in general is actually much better in Disneyland than it is in Disney World I for agree. some reason. For some reason, Magic Kingdom actually feels more theme parky in Disney World. I don't know what it is, but Animal Kingdom, Epcot. Um, oh, Animal Kingdom is amazing. I'll, I'll say it again. Hollywood Studios they are turning it out. I'm they not are,
2: gonna my the jury's out on Hollywood Studios right now until they finish. Yes, because I. The last time I went, it's like, you literally go for three things. Yeah. Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. Rock and Roller Coaster, and maybe Toy Story Midway Mania. Um, Toy Story Land right now is just t- it's too packed because... Uh, and it's too... There's no shade. No. Like, it's like, you're just out in the open. You absolutely are. I don't need to ride the Slinky Dog ride. I rode it once. That was enough. Oh, I like It's that. cute and smooth and fun, but like, I'm not going to walk okay, all the way to the back of the park. You're a married man. You don't need to de- constantly call that out, Okay.
1: Cute and smooth and fun. We get it. Okay, you're you're a brownie husband. I like a slinky
2: dog. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Children listen to this podcast
1: that I have corrupted many a, a, a time. I
2: want to ride a slinky dog every night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been phenomenal. Um, <laughs> anyway, I I think Animal Kingdom is my favorite park to visit. Mm-hmm. Animal parks. Kingdom is. Great, um, and my goal is to is to get to. I want to go to Shanghai, Hong Kong. I've done Tokyo. I haven't done Tokyo. Yet. I want to go to Paris. We'll go. Every- we'll make a trip. We'll make a plan. Am I getting inducted into the game Mafia? Let's go! Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm so excited! I feel I, so honored. I, what is the induction ceremony like for the game Mafia? What do we think?
1: Um, well, I don't have any Broadway credits, but I have some of the most vicious opinions you've ever heard. <laughs> So I think I that think it sort qualifies. Of, I, yeah, I think that makes me an honorary member. Yeah, because like I may not have three Tonys or like a Broadway debut to my name, but like I can cut you down with my Broadway <laughs> opinions. I can. I, I have no problems going up to Joe Mantello and saying, "Listen, your work on Nine to Five was underwhelming. His work on Three Tall Women was exceptional." But we, I want to be like, we all know Joe Mantello. That Nine to Five
2: was a paycheck. Can I tell you the biggest disappointment for me in the last ten years? was the revival of On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. Motherfucker. Mother flying fucker. a big ass disappointment. Well,
1: here's how I feel about revivals. Even if it's a reconstruction. If you're not coming at it with a place of love and a place of, I think this piece deserves to be seen and I want to show people the show that I think this is, it's going to bomb. If you come at it with a, I'm going to save this show, <laughs> you are going to bomb. Every time someone think, has that mentality, they bomb it. Jack O'Brien with Carousel. Michael Mayer with On a Clear Day. They they just kill it. They absolutely kill it. Um, and I love that score. That score is
2: it's phenomenal. It's so perfect. And like the concept was such a great idea. And mm-hmm. then you went inside and they built that set and those costumes. And you're like, what the... F- did you just do? It's a carry situation. <laughs> Full-on carry. <laughs> well, also, the idea of actually...
1: It's... One could say it's problematic that a gay man's uh, inner personality is a woman uh, and that he's just a woman trapped in a man's body. And that's, I don't think that's, that they're saying that's what makes him gay. You have, you could have something more complex talking about sexuality and gender and all that stuff and how fluid everything is. But Harry Connick Jr., I'm almost positive, just got cold feet at the end of the day. And he's like, I want to make sure everyone knows that I'm a straight man. Yeah. He was like, not going to go there. Yeah. But we did find Jesse Mueller. We did. In the, in the rubble is Jesse Mueller. I was also very upset that I was not consulted to possibly play that part of, uh, was not, not Daisy, but David or something. But now you're in the mafia.
2: You weren't in the mafia then.
1: I wasn't. And now yet.
2: officially because of this podcast Absolutely. episode.
1: Well, I sing I sing Hurry, It's Lovely up here all the time. It's a good song. It's a great song. To the
2: dog or to...
1: To anyone who listened. Okay. Uh, back when I used to audition, I would sing it. Um, and so not funny. to tune my own horn, but I would pretty much kill it. Um. <laughs> Actually, the only two songs that ever got me callbacks were women's songs, Hurry It's Lovely Up Here" and "Disneyland," and because people would be like, "Oh, I've never heard that song with a guy before," but it works so well. I'm like, I know, uh, <laughs> call me back, call me back.
2: Okay, never mind. I'll make a podcast. Stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, then they would, and then they'd be like, "Oh, you're like," they're like, "You're cute," like you're like a cute young guy, but like we want a cute young guy for Broadway who's like actually kind of fit. When I saw "Honeymoon in Vegas," and Rob McClure was supposed to be the like awkwardly. Gawky guy, and he took off. He took off his shirt for a second and had a six pack. And I went, "Oh, this is what Broadway thinks is like approachable." And so then I was like, "Great, I, I am approachable in life. On Broadway, I am like garbage dumpster fire. So like, I have to go in for the parts that are like, not he's attractive and doesn't know it. It's a he's not attractive, but he thinks he is.
0: <laughs> that is that is my type
1: that I would get called in for." I'm the. I would be the character on stage and be like, "Oh, everyone just wants to get with me," and everyone would be audience It's like it's funny because we know different. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> um, so we should probably, this yeah, because you've probably got places to be. I need to go eat dinner. You gotta go. That. My husband's
2: you, making dinner. I'm
1: sorry. Did you want to be on Broadway again or not? Well, I only eat lettuce and cotton balls. There you go. Which end do they go up?
2: Which everyone I can get.
1: <laughs> That's how people think about Broadway too whichever Broadway. one I can get whichever one I whichever can one get. I can get
2: which one do you want it to go in mm-hmm. I'll put it there thank you, thank you. hashtag power more <laughs> that's a conversation we did not have no that's a whole other episode well, I never saw it oh, but I, I have opinions about it anyway <laughs> um, anyway that was a year and a half of my life that I will never get back. But you had money from there, so that's nice. It paid nice. the bills. It paid And I made some bill. good
1: friends. That's good. That's yeah. that's worth noting. In, in Anyone you get through that experience
2: with, you'll become good friends.
1: I would assume as yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so, Brett, I want to thank you for coming on the pod and talking about Disney and others. <laughs> I would like, say, we did talk about Disney a lot. Not always Disney Broadway, but Disney a lot. Yeah. Um, and believe it or not, this is probably... This is the second most on topic we've stayed on for My Obsession. Oh. Coram Boy was the most, because that was, like, a specific show. Yes. But, like, Kevin and I got off topic a bunch. I think Morgan and I, we talked about Sutton Foster and, like, randomly got into other bitches. Yeah,
2: I listened to that one. Yeah. Oh, you listened to that Yeah, that was no. a good one. It was
1: a pretty good one. It was just a bunch of gays. <laughs> um, so, Brett, where can people find you on the social meds?
2: Uh, all my handles are just my name, Brett Shuford. And Spell Schuford. It's S H U. F as in Frank, lesser, O-R-D. That's good. And it's Brett with one T, correct? Brett with one T, yes. yes.
1: And Broadway Husbands is the normal spelling.
2: Broadway Husbands. Yes. And there's, that's, a... there's a blog and then there's our Instagram as yes. well. Yes.
1: And you have a YouTube channel. And our YouTube. Yeah. Yes. Um, is it your YouTube channel or is it both of your YouTube?
2: Your... It's both of us. Broadway okay. Husbands is both of us. And then I have my own channel where mm-hmm. I do a lot of like, coaching because I do coach actors yes probably like coach yes. yeah
1: so uh, how can people find you for probably coaching
2: it's all on brettstuford.com it's all just it's so easy yeah yeah that's what people call you yeah well how do you get, this is how you get in the mafia how that's right thank oh just being easy is how you get in the mafia mm-hmm. great relax I've <sighs> I will not do that.
1: But I am easy. Uh, so I'm so excited. I'm already going to get my induction ceremony. Uh, I'm assuming it's at therapy. I'm just assuming. We start a Barrage.
2: Of course And then do. we go to therapy.
1: Well, now that Splash is closed, you have to start somewhere. Um, <laughs> Brett, we usually close these things out with a nice little Broadway diva. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to i'll give you a couple of options that you can think of uh because we've done a bunch yeah i don't Um, want to repeat yeah i mean unless it's someone that i truly love Mm -hmm. but i don't know how you would know that okay uh what's one that you would really love and i'll tell you if it's one we've done
2: (laughs) um
1: sherry sherry scott yeah I haven't done her yet. Okay. Great. So we'll have Sherry and Scott then. Oh, I'm going to have a lot of fun picking this one. Okay. Uh, great. So this has been Broadway Breakdown. I am Matt Koplick. Uh, you are Brett Schuford. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned for the next one when hopefully John will not be so busy. <laughs> Take us away, <laughs> Sherry.